I'm Susan Mulder, and this is Poetkind Podcast. Today on Poetkind, I'm talking with Julian Peters. He is an illustrator and comic book artist with a new book out titled Poems to See By from Plow Press. We'll get to that in just a minute, but first, I wanted to take a minute to address the very different circumstances we collectively find ourselves in right now. This isn't a them thing. It's an our thing. We are globally connected and are sharing this experience, feeling the same feelings, struggling with losses the same way. It doesn't matter where or who we are. Together, we are facing this new normal. There are certain leaders out there who want to politicize and posture. Not all of them. There are many who are intently focused on what is best based on what we know. And none of those scenarios are easy. Right now, it's more important to remember each other. It's been a highlight to look at creative organizations reaching out to provide services that may have been inaccessible because of location or finances and open their virtual doors to create welcoming environments and face-to-face, granted it's through our visual screens, but we get to see and meet new people, experience creative community, and recognize that though we are protecting ourselves, insulating ourselves, isolation doesn't have to mean alone. And I think now more than ever, at least in my memory, art can have a profound effect on our day-to-day lives. When I say art, I'm speaking of all genre, whether it is visual art, the written word, music, art has the power to impact the mind. It actually influences and can enhance brain function. Now, without quoting specific scientific studies, I can speak from personal experience. As a visual artist and a writer, I have felt the powerful transition that takes place when I immerse myself in writing, reading, painting, listening to music. These last few weeks, I feel like I've been walking around with my shoulders somewhere up around my ears and my brow furrowed. It's a natural physical reaction to stress or threat, a form of protection. But to be in that constant state of alert is exhausting, both physically and mentally. I personally find it hard to create these days. I've eked out only two poems. And I sit and stare blankly at my newly completed studio, a place I was so excited to use initially and which was completed only a week or so prior to the COVID outbreak. Since then, I've only been out there to sweep and stare, literally. However, I've turned deeply into poetry, discovering that as I read, my focus changes my shoulders relax, my face relaxes, and my mind is able to draw all the scattered thoughts together and be in that moment. This is a gift in any time. There are many, many creatives out there who have missed opportunities due to closures and cancellations. Let me encourage you, seek them out online, discover something new, bring something beautiful into your home, whether it's a print, a painting, a book, new music, and in doing so, you can support these folks and help them stay afloat. Maybe even take an online workshop. There are numerous writers, visual artists, and groups that are offering greatly reduced fees or even free courses right now. And for every book launch, every reading, every concert, every gallery opening, every workshop that's been canceled, it has meant a loss of income for artists who rely on these events to support themselves and their families. I'll talk a little more at the close of the episode about ways you can show your support. But for now, let's welcome Julian. His book is a great way to help lower those stressed out shoulders and immerse yourself in this lovely illustrated book 
of timeless works of poetry. Welcome, Julian. I'm so excited to have you here on Poet Kind Podcast. Um, it was a real treat to be introduced to your work, and so I'm doubly thrilled that you're here today. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be uh, talking with you today. Now, you are um, a graphic artist, and you're out of Montreal, Canada, and I would like you to just tell us a little bit about yourself for the people who might not be familiar with your work talk a little bit about your background and what you're doing now. Sure, well, okay, so I, I draw comics and uh, I'm an illustrator based in Montreal and I grew up, I was born in Montreal, I grew up in Montreal, although I also um, spent a lot of my childhood and teenage years in Italy because my mother's Italian and um, my dad was a professor, so at every, every seven years on a sabbatical, we would basically, the whole family would take up and go to Italy for a year. And um, I, I spent, um, you know, I did one, and I did school there. I did one year of elementary school there, one year of high school in Italy. And I think that was a really big formative experiences for me. And also relating to, to comics and illustration. And uh, yeah, I, I studied um, art history. I have a master's in art history from uh, Concordia University here in Montreal. I teach in a CEGEP, which is um, it's a pre-university college that they have only in the province of Quebec. Mm -hmm. I teach Italian as a second language and Italian translation. I also teach uh, language in different schools and I teach art uh, and comics in uh, an art school. And uh, yeah, and I take on illustration and uh, comics commissions and work on my own work my own projects and uh, yeah, that's how I occupy my time. That's great. Now your most recent project is a marvelous little book that is poetry, but it's your illustrations interpreting well-known poets and their work. Right. Talk about that just a little bit, please. Uh, sure, sure. Um, yeah, so this book, um, I've been working on it basically over the past year, but I've been doing this kind of adaptation of um, of classic and some contemporary poetry into comics for over a decade now. I started combining the two forms and I've been kind of refining that and uh, developing different ideas to how to how to combine those two things for a long time. And uh, so some of the some of the um, the poetry adaptations that are included here are are some of them actually one of them is one that i did 10 years ago um but main, mainly they're ones that i did in the last year and they're sort of my, my latest um take on how to adapt and how to how to combine these two art forms yeah now the name of the book is poems to see by it's so new it's like march 31st was its release date so right. yeah but it's it's out there for the world to see now I was taken by this book mostly because of um, that that relationship between the visual and the written word and the interpretations of each of those poems is so wonderfully done and so carefully done. What what inspired you to actually take that step to visually interpret a writer's work? Mm. Well, uh, it's something that I get asked quite a lot, and I guess I've been so I've been thinking about what it was, and there's different answers that I have at different times. I think probably the immediate cause of it was that 
um, in my early 20s, this is when I started um, drawing comics again, or thinking of drawing comics again. I'd done it a lot in my childhood, but I, I completely stopped in my teenage years. And this was also the time that I was discovering poetry, kind of in the very end of my teens, early 20s. I was starting to really respond to poetry for the first time because it kind of left me cold when I was um, a teenager. And around that time, I was, because I live in, in Montreal, which was a you know, sort of mainly Francophone city. So I was also being exposed to a lot of French literature. And I discovered the poetry of uh, Arthur Rimbaud. So that was actually what kind of gave me the idea of, of or the impulse to go back into doing comics was the idea that I wanted to do this comic book biography of Arthur Rimbaud because I thought he would work really well as a, as a comic book character. So there was that pairing of comics and poetry from the beginning. And then in that project, which I never finished by the way, because it was the first comic I basically <laughs> set out to do and it was very ambitious, but, um, but I did adapt some of Rimbaud's poems into comics and several years after that that kind of gave me or i guess a friend of mine suggested this would be a good thing to pursue and to try and do other adaptations of, of um, poems and then i think another thing is that so i was just thinking about this um recently but because I, I grew up in in italy a lot of the time so a lot of the comics i was reading were these italian comics for children that are are sort of there's there's a long tradition in Italy of, of having these kind of educational comics and a lot of um, parodies of um, literary works, for instance, featuring like the, the Disney Donald Duck characters and um, but also like sort of um, comic book uh, reductions of historical episodes or works of literature. And um, I think that also gave me the idea of I don't remember any of adaptations of poetry per se, but the idea of taking classic literature and kind of condensing it and presenting it as a comic came from that. And then also a strange thing that I've noticed recently is that a lot of Italian comics kind of have these odd interludes where there is kind of like a poetic, um, it's, it's sort of poetry, but it's not, it's not it's not classic poetry. It's just like the narration becomes kind of musical. There's like little sort of like almost like um, little rhymes or something that telling okay. the story. And those are accompanied by panels like the rest of the comic. But there's that there's that there's that um, concern for for kind of combining each panel of the comic with that line of the almost like sort of nursery rhyme kind of style. And so that pairing of the two and the concern with the rhythm. I think also kind of subconsciously influenced me to do this. Well, you did it just so, um, I want to say masterfully. And we talked briefly before the interview about uh, one of the pieces that I was really taken with was a poem by Maya Angelou and how you translated that using imagery from the Guise Bend quilts and story quilts and, um, being very intentional about choosing imagery that uh, was sensitive to the subject matter as well as the individual. It's hard, it's really hard to describe a visual book <laughs> to, to an audio audience, but if you could pick one of those pieces, which would be your favorite and why? Would it be because of the process or the imagery and how you came about it? 
of all the poems in the book. Um, hmm. Let me see. Well, one of them, a personal favorite of mine would probably be uh, the adaptation of uh, the poem Somewhere or, or Other by Christina Rossetti. Mm -hmm. I think I like that one because like most, of, a lot of the imagery doesn't really have any direct connection to the to the text, but it sort of feels really right to me somehow, almost like a dream-like kind of effect. And I also kind of feel that it makes, it takes advantage of some of the, in a way, I, I think, hopefully illustrating the sort of silence that, 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 that occurs after the poem, which is in a lot of, a lot of the poignancy of, of poetry, I think is often in the last line but there's also that kind of moment of reflection after the last line with the mm -hmm. blank on the page and you're kind of left with that, that moment where the emotion really hits you, I think. And by having those two blank panels, I think it helps kind of the reader transition out of the, of the adaptation of the poem. It's kind of hard to explain. It's a, a little bit of an intangible thing. Yes, but I, I think I totally understand. Because it works there, well. Yeah, it's, it's where, where you have that moment the words to kind of wash over you and you know I had I had to look and because you wrote it which I think I mean I don't didn't know him but I think he would have been amused by the fact that you you took his words even a step further and made them the actual visual element oh right and they look like almost like kanji letters yeah that's and right so um partnered with these this beautiful even illustration kind of, of all these faces here. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, there's also his name is written inside of a kind of a, like the those Japanese. Stamp. Yeah, those stamps. Yeah. So that was, I just thought that was really wonderful, kind of an unexpected as I'm going through the pages and it's like, oh, where's the poem? Wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, those those writing and those stamps are a big part of the the visual composition of that kind of traditional style of Japanese painting. So I I wanted to include it somehow, and it made sense to include the actual text there, even though it's not the easiest thing perhaps to read it vertically like that. But the actual text is right next the is next to it as well if people want to read it in yeah. the horizontal way. Well, it it does it does play with your mind a little bit, but you have to be very thoughtful to read it. And I think that's what, what helped because I had to pay attention, even though I've heard that poem before, I had to look at it in a very different way. And I think it sat with me quite differently when it was finished. So. Well, I hope so. I mean, I saw one of the things, maybe the frustrations for comics artists is that people, you know, the drawings in comics are read so quickly. They're almost sort of like a, a function, a storytelling function. So people will take in a drawing in a couple of seconds, or not a couple of seconds, actually a split second most of the time. And so much time and thought goes into the drawings for me, certainly, I think for most comics artists, it's nice to kind of find, try to find ways to slow down the reader's eye and to concentrate on the drawings themselves. Yeah. Um, well, that's the other thing you, you do. You have taken some of these, and I noticed on your website that they have the audible quality to them now. And so they're almost like a, um, mm. not stop action, but they're, 
your works. Yeah, they're like almost semi, <laughs> semi animated. And yes, that's a common practice nowadays to have these uh, sort of almost like movie trailers for books. And yeah. obviously, in this case, it makes sense to use the imagery from the, the actual comics. And uh, there's that, those panning shots, the zoom in, zoom outs, uh, which kind of reminds me a lot, actually kind of reminds me a lot of the, um, the kind of um, anim, Japanese anime cartoons mm -hmm. I used to watch in Italy when I was a kid. And they were already very old for the time. I think they were probably from the 70s, those, those uh, cartoons. And, but they have a certain, they were, they, so they were very cheaply done in a way. So they, just, they would just reuse the same image and just zoom in on it and repeat the same kind of two or three panels of animation in a loop. But, but they were they sort of something beautiful about them because they're, it's almost a little bit, you're, you're more aware of the actual work of art or like the, and they were beautiful works, so beautiful paintings behind uh, the backdrops, for instance, and the, the camera really lingers on those backdrops. So rather than becoming really like a real animation where you're, you're really just taking it in as you would like um, film, you're almost, it's almost like a sort of enhanced version of illustration where you're still aware of the fact that it's an illustration. And I really like that a lot, actually. I was tickled when I was going through that there's one that you actually use, Dylan Thomas, Oh, yeah. Uh, you did one of his pieces, but you actually have his voice narrating or reading the piece in the background, which I wasn't expecting. Yeah. I, th I thought that was a that was a neat element to add to it, made it very a different experience. Yeah, that's a beautiful voice. And uh, Dylan Thomas. And and that's also um, that one in particular is not um, one of the poems that's featured in the book. And that one was actually put together by by a fan. It's it's fan art. Um, oh, interesting! I didn't realize that. Called uh, Jim, Jim Avis, Jim James Avis. He um he put together. He's putting together a, a whole bunch of these actually, and he sent me um, a DVD a while back where he he sent me these, and I, I watched them, and yeah, they're really great. And some of them he's reciting the poems himself. Other times he's taken um, uh, existing recitals and audio and, and overlaid them so i'm 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 uh, i'm i'm presenting one of those every week but it's just a bit of a coincidence that they happen to arrive to me just at the same time as the book is coming out yeah well that it's really a, a neat thing to see which leads me into get your social media out there so people can look you up and find your book and follow you on instagram and twitter or wherever you happen to be Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, great. Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm trying to do quite a social and, you know, my publicist to um, do a social media push. So I've actually created um, a Facebook, a special Facebook artist page for myself, uh, which is Julian Peters comics. And then I have uh, Julian Peters comics, uh, Twitter, and also an Instagram account. The Instagram account is the one probably where, the, you know, where I post new imagery all the time. Um, so that I definitely recommend following, although Twitter is best for, for updates on uh, publishing of the book and promotions that we're doing for the book and so on. And what else? And then I have my website, of course, JulianPetersComics, yeah, .com, which uh, has, has tons and tons of stuff, uh, you know, work going back more than a decade, archives of the most uh, varied kind of um, illustration projects, including a lot of the poems. Yeah, well, it's well worth visiting your website because like you said, you do have a ton of stuff on there and it's it's fun to just kind of nose around and, and watch the change and transition in your different work and 
That's really yeah. wonderful. It's almost um, must be a decade of decade of archive. Because <laughs> well, the you know, in the internet age, kind of flattens time. I I still feel right. the, the website's not that old, but at this point, it is. It, but it it's a perfect compendium for all your all your work for anybody. So all right, well, the book is poems to see by, and it's available at all your major retailers now. You can find it on Amazon. Order from Barnes and Noble. Um, I mean, here in, in Canada, there's Chapters Indigo, which is kind of the biggest book chain that carries it. Uh, I think there's networks of, I mean, I definitely would encourage people to support independent booksellers if they can right now. You know, independent public um, book selling is really in a tough spot right now because exactly. of what's going on. So definitely if there's some network, uh, but I, I think a lot of local bookstores are still doing delivery. So I would definitely encourage that. And also, it's good if people call them and ask if they carry the book because that might motivate them to order it if they haven't done there so. There you go. You know, it's a win-win there. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes to talk about your new book. I'm excited to share it with folks. Please look for Julian on Instagram at Julian Peters Comics, on Twitter at J Peters Comics. Search him out on Facebook and make sure you go to JulianPetersComics.com where you can see his amazing work, learn more about him. And remember to connect with your local bookseller and order a copy of Poems to See By. As we go our separate ways this week, look for the beauty around you. Even in the worst situations, something small can change the way your heart feels. There is no denying this is harder on some than others. Reach out, message somebody, call somebody, send a letter, order a book or a great mug or a box of tea and have it sent to a friend or even someone you barely know. Maybe you have a neighbor who lives alone. A simple act of kindness can make the world of difference to someone whose world has been turned upside down. Seek out the doers, the makers, the beauty bringers, local small businesses, and help them. For every book, hand-created item, e-album you order, you are literally putting food on the table for someone else. Even this podcast relies on the generosity of those who support what goes on here. If you have a favorite podcast out there that's helping you pass these days, support them so they can continue to do what they do so well long after this crisis is over. That's it for today. I'm sending love to each of you listeners. It may sound corny, but you matter to what I do for this episode, for every episode. Keep creating, keep doing what you were meant to do and share it with the world. Share it with us. Let me know what you're doing. If you are a creator, share what you're up to. Tag Poet Kind. I'll do my best to add creators to my stories from time to time to help spread the word about what you're doing. And never forget, we are always better together. Let's lift each other up. Compare notes, not ourselves. Our individual gifts are what are important, so bring those to the table. As always, you can find Poet Kind on Instagram and Twitter at Poet Kind Podcast. I look forward to seeing you there. Take care, stay safe, stay healthy, and keep creating. If you've made it this far, 
you know that sometimes at the end of an episode, I add a little postscript that includes conversation, not part of the formal interview. We find ourselves in a very different world these days. So. Yeah, yeah. Although, I mean, I have to say, like, for a, for a creative person, it has some advantages. Um, you know, it's kind of always been my dream, in a way, to to have a, a situation which I am locked away from the world and uh, and can just focus. Well, I am still working. I'm still teaching virtually, but I have a lot more time to to draw and to read. Yeah. And also, I guess the fact that you know that everybody else is is locked up too, like there's no sense that you're missing out on something right. more fun that's going on outside. So it's it's kind of an ideal situation in that sense for for an artist. And. Uh,